everyone. Welcome to Greatness Glory Podcast, episode four. I hope that you already have listened to the previous episodes since these episodes are all connected and it gives you a better understanding of what I want to teach here if you already listened to the previous ones. In the previous episodes, you listened, I mentioned the importance of mind training. Now I want to get into depth of this topic and give you some information and techniques that can help you start transforming your life. Disclaimer, I'm not a medical expert and none of the content in this podcast series are meant to be considered as medical advice or cure disease. If we look at the oldest spiritual or personal development systems on this earth, such as yogic mysticism, tantra and shamanism all around the world, we will see that in all of them, mind training is the most important principle. It's one of the main steps of two greatest meditation traditions of the world, yoga and Buddhism. Why? Because it's the mind that creates everything. We create our health and sickness, strength and weakness, poverty or prosperity, all with medium of mind, or better say, by the way we think. The way we think is some of all our beliefs, the beliefs that create the way that we see ourselves and feel about ourselves. And it determines what we will accomplish and what not. The mind is total of all our mental programmings that determines everything about us. That's why it's been said innumerable times that the mind is the root of all suffering and joy. If we want to be happy, we must take control of our mind. Our mind should be a tool in our hand, but for most people, it's vice versa. They are a slave of their mind. That's why there is suffering, poverty, and a lot of disease, and so on. If only we could know our mind better and train it to serve us, we would achieve greater happiness and success faster than any other way. Remember, change comes from within. Nothing happens outside in. It's always inside out. Trying to fix everything else when it's us that needs to be fixed only causes endless suffering. Have you ever had a good day and you heard some bad news and suddenly you got all anxious? Do you think that it was the event that made you feel horrible or your reaction to the event? Somebody said, of course it was because of the bad thing that happened. If that is true, would you still suffer if the event had happened but you haven't heard the bad news about it? Of course not. It is your interpretation your reaction and the way that you handle the event that determines your experience. Have you seen the same thing happens to two people 
and one ends up in more and more suffering and maybe depression and the other person not only doesn't get upset much but handles the situation differently, grows through it and becomes even stronger than before? Which one do you rather be? The only thing that makes these people react and choose differently is their mental programming or the degree of their mastery over their mind. Again, our greatest task should be to free our mind from limitations. If we unroot the limitations, we can even do things that most people will see as superhuman or miracle. We will move from animal nature through humanity to divinity. Belief makes a big difference. Faith makes a big difference. That's why Jesus said, if one has faith, he can move the mountains. This is not necessarily about any religion or having faith in any divine being. And while nothing is wrong with having faith on a divine being, it's really about having faith and unshakable belief that something is possible. Listen, unless you believe something is possible, you will never do it. Even when you are having faith in yourself, you anyways are having faith on the divine. Because divine is a unified aspect of your being. Jesus confirms this when he quotes Psalms where David says, I said you are all gods. I like to add this again and again that every single religion or spiritual tradition in this world has always said this, that what you call God, divinity, absolute, Buddha nature, or whatever else, exists in all human beings as a higher and subtler aspect of us. We may have not experienced it yet, and there is no other way to prove it or reject it other than personal experience. And as long as you don't know it by experience, it's like it doesn't exist. It's like having a million dollars in your bank account and never knowing it and dying in poverty. In this regards, I have translated a very meaningful mystical poem from 19th century Persian poet Rahim Wairi for you that explains this fact beautifully. If you open your shut eyes, anything you desire is in you. Wellness won't come to you from outside. No one can heal you but you. From you comes comfort when you are unwell. You are your only nurse. Others aren't aware of what's going on inside you. They don't know what's good for you. Be aware of those who think for you. Think for yourself. Why don't you open your vision? 
Why are you ignorant of who you are? If you live in ignorance, you will become a beggar. If you wake up, you will become divine. There was an old man living in poverty in a wreckage, striving to survive during the day and sleeping through misfortune all night. There was a treasure in his wreckage, hidden from everyone like the spirit. Standing there, his feet on the treasure, but out of ignorance in sorrow and suffering. Treasure there, but his home a wreckage. He wasn't aware of what he had. Finally, out of poverty, sorrow and suffering, poor man died and treasure remained hidden. Oh, you who moan of sorrow and suffering, till when will you remain ignorant of your treasure? Your treasure is your consciousness, your gem is your self-reflection. Don't have hopes on the other, don't seek your desires outside. Nobody is aware of your heart's desire, cause no heart is connected to the other. Seek the cure in your own heart. Whatever you seek, seek in yourself. So as this beautiful poem suggests, all power comes from within. Now let's go back to power of belief. Here is a great example of power of belief that I want to quote from Les Brown, one of the world's best motivational speakers, but instead of quoting, I'll let you listen to that in his own voice. See, the way in which we operate, ladies and gentlemen, it's a manifestation of what we believe, what's possible for us. Whatever you've done up to this point, all that it really is, is a duplication, it's a reproduction of what you believe subconsciously that you deserve and what's possible for your life. Most people operate out of their personal history, out of their memory, things they've done, things they've experienced, things they've seen, things that they have observed. What I'm suggesting that you operate out of a larger vision of yourself. I want you to see yourself doing what you want to do, experiencing what you want to experience, having what you want to have, doing what it is that gives your life some meaning and value. Operate out of your imagination, not your memory. Because whenever you look at where you want to go, I'm wanting to warn you, you will have some conversation back here after you go through the data that you've experienced in life saying you can't do it. And so what you want to begin to do is ignore that inner conversation. Well, most people, ladies and gentlemen, when something happens to them, what they do is they begin to believe that that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. And they can't see the possibility of it being any different. Example, before April 1954, the common belief, the universal belief, because it had been tried again and again and again and people had failed, the belief was that man was not physically capable of breaking the four-minute barrier, that he could not run a mile in less than four minutes. That was the belief on the planet. It had never been done. But here's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Roger Bannister came along, and he broke the four-minute barrier. Now here's what's significant about that. Since that time, 
Up to this day, over 20,000 people have done it, including high school kids. What changed? 20,000 people, what changed? Here's what happened when they got on the track. They knew it had been done. And because they knew it had been done, there was a new belief about this barrier, about this goal that was unreachable. And those 20,000 people got in a race believing, knowing in their heart that someone had done it, that it's possible that they could do it. Did you know that mind is so powerful that can even cure the worst disease or vice versa, kill you? There are thousands of stories of people who have healed themselves from worst disease by power of their faith. And there are many stories of people who destroyed themselves by their thoughts. Have you ever had a nightmare that although it was only some exaggerated thought in your head, made your body feel like it really happened? That's how powerfully our thoughts can affect us. I heard many stories of people who have done impossible things in deep trance-like states that no normal human being could live through it. All around the world, people have done such things as walking on fire or putting sharp objects through their bodies without getting a scratch or lifting heavy objects. An example of this was spiritual master Sri Chinmoy, who demonstrated many of such heavyweight liftings and many other things to give this message to people that your body can do anything if your mind totally believes it. Some may think there's something supernatural about this, while it's all power of the mind. According to what I learned from various researchers, most humans use less than 1% of their mental capacity. And it has all to do with our ability to use our mind. And the key is our mental state, which can be developed through practice of meditation. Meditation is simply a practice that you do to achieve a meditative state which is different than our normal state of mind. We may call it a state of inner silence. The mind is really like a muscle. Same way that a professional athlete or dancer learns to control the body to reach an advanced stage of body control, to make it behave the way needed, we can also train our mind to be at our command, to serve our highest goals, including mundane and spiritual goals, success, independent happiness, joy, intelligent, and ultimate enlightenment. There are a few things we need to do when trying to train our mind. Here is the main ones. Number one, improving our ability to use our mind consciously by training it and making it one-pointed or focused. Two, unrooting the negative belief systems that limit us or transforming the way that we think, our mental purification. Improved mental abilities are developed through various practices that are usually called meditation. 
It's good to mention that there's no such a thing as meditation practice. Because meditation is a state of mind or consciousness. What people usually do is practices of concentration, awareness, or imagination to achieve a meditative state of mind. We do so-called meditation practices to achieve a meditative state. A meditative state can be described as a deeply relaxed and peaceful mind which doesn't have a lot of thought movement, has a lot of space, and is neither wandering in the past or future. So what I want to focus on here is practices for improving the ability to focus. When you achieve a certain level of mastery over the mind by improving your concentration, it's like being able to concentrate universal energy and create whatever you desire. Just like when you gather rays of the sun by a magnifier to burn something. The scattered mind is weak and even sick, but one-pointed mind is a tool for worldly and spiritual achievements. A lot of people can't study well or work efficiently, not because they have low intelligence or memory, but because their minds are distracted because they can't keep their mind focused on what they're doing. Their mind is wandering all the time, all over the place. Once you achieve the power to keep your mind focused on what you want and ignore other distractions, you will be very powerful and you can accomplish many things. Unless you consciously train your mind Nothing can help you achieve inner peace, intelligence, or increase your productivity. It doesn't matter what medication, herb, nootropic supplement, or anything else you take. They are all just extra support or temporary relief. They won't make your mind stronger. Just like you can't make your body athletic without training. You can't just fix your mind by taking something. In the meditation traditions like yoga, this is called one-pointedness of mind. And it's crucial for one to develop one-pointedness of mind for achieving higher levels of meditation. It's been said that first you need to make your mind sharp so you can cut through illusions. Trying to meditate with a blunt mind may only cause struggle. It's like trying to cut a hard object with a blunt knife. Again, when power of mind is divided, it's weak and possibly sick, but when it's integrated and focused, it's a very strong tool that can accomplish anything. To give you an example of importance of improving power of concentration, 
at least as a necessity for success in life. Let me tell you about Andrew Carnegie, who became richest man in the world at his own time. And he was a mentor to Napoleon Hill, who wrote the classic masterpiece, Think and Grow Rich. It's been said since Andrew Carnegie became very successful and wealthy in a short time, and some government officials became suspicious of him, thinking he's doing something illegal, and started interrogating him. What is your secret to your success? One of the government officials asked him. I can keep my mind focused on one thing for five minutes at a stretch, Carnegie said. Surprised by his answer, they thought that this is ridiculous and didn't accept his answer. So he challenged them by asking if any of them could do it and then set up an experiment to test them. And none of them were able to keep their mind focused for more than a few seconds. This is a meaningful story that tells us not only our health and happiness is dependent on our mind, but also our outcome of life, our performance and success are all determined by our mind. Imagine if you had a sharp mind that was at your command and you could keep your focus on whatever tasks at hand and do it without any distraction. Whether it's study, work, or meditation. When the mind is focused, it almost feels like it's plugged into the unlimited power of the universe. And great ideas and inspirations come through it. People tend to believe genius people are born like that. And only some people have a special level of intelligence. It's a lie. If you make your mind sharp, you can do anything. Anybody can do it. Is it easy? No. Is it hard? No. Does it take practice, willpower, and perseverance? Absolutely. Training the mind is like training a wild horse. Try taming a wild horse in one day. Is it possible? No, unless a miracle happens. The same thing goes for the mind. It can take years of practice. And that's why most people don't do it. People go to a meditation class and practice it for a few weeks or maybe a few months and then feeling that the miracles they were expecting did not happen, they stop the practice altogether and thinking, well, whatever, let's just drink and have sex and entertain ourselves and escape facing the problems. That is why one of the principles of meditation practices is not having expectations or not worrying about the results. In the next episode, I will talk about history of meditation and its various forms and functions. Thank you very much for listening and wish you all the best.